Uh, I am melodramatic. Good morning, Julian. I mean, Juju. Oh, my God. Don't give me lashes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's, it's fine, guys. I'm it's so, fine. It's, it's a habit. I didn't. Stunning is my habit. <laughs> Stunning is my habit. I forgot the rest of the, the line. I, I care not to even try to remember. How are you? Ooh, good. It's November. We're you here. Sound, you sound fresh. You sound like you just bathed. <laughs> you sound like you I sound like minty fresh. You sound like Dove. <laughs> you sound like one of those natural commercials when girls are curling their hair. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and they're all effervescent. All right, you sound super effervescent. Well, thank you. Yes, hallelujah. Minty fresh and herbal essence, floral, and all of those things. So, what's before we hop into the podcast? What's happening in Juju's world? What's Man, new? fall, fall has arrived. Yeah, this I got is like to winter. wear a sweater, which was exciting. Um, did your kids celebrate Halloween? Um, so we're like those purgatory parents. We don't not celebrate it because we're super <laughs> spiritual, nor do we do celebrate it just because we don't care. So we're kind of like in between. We didn't let them dress up just because we didn't get costumes. <laughs> you said purgatory pants. Yeah, That's a yeah. new one for me. Is that like, is that right, Christianese for it's, it, No, it's like we're, we're right in between. It's the Desmond um, ease. You know, <laughs> we're not super spiritual, nor are we like super carnal. <laughs> we just don't care. And it's kind of like that in-between place. So depending on who we talk to, we'll be like, oh, yeah, that's the devil's holiday. Other that's people, hilarious. Other people are just like, oh, we forgot to get costumes. <laughs> have you all ever done like a family costume in the past? We have not. And I think we always wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like the idea and the intention is there. Mm-hmm. But then once October comes around, it's just like, gosh, shit. <laughs> just, you forget. I noticed a really cute trend online where classrooms are all wearing the same costume. Like, it's a theme. Like, one did superheroes. Um, that actually might have been Gary at McCullough. Like, a, mm. a teacher had this thematic Halloween costume. So, she was dressed like an Avenger. And um, quite a few of her, her girls were dressed as superheroines. It is so cute! It's adorable. Oh and God. the second cutest thing that I saw was this morning. Um, this uh, teacher dressed as Cruella DeVille and all her kids dressed up as Dalmatians and they were running down the street. It was adorable. That is pretty cute. Had to be a kindergarten class. There was 102 Dalmatians after the sequel. I was like, wait, it's only 101 of them. No, there was a sequel in like the 90s. So it was oh. 102. You never saw the sequel? No. I barely saw the original. Too many Dalmatians. You got to keep up with 101. Now 102? Gosh. That one extra one was a straw that broke the camel's back, though. Damn it, Disney. Making (laughs) things so difficult. That's what they do. That's what they do. Um, (laughs) What are we talking about? Like, we have an idea of what we're talking about. Is there anywhere specific you want to go first? Because I'm super excited to get into one of our topics. No, but I think we should just dive in to the one. Own God. Own God. Own God. Oh. That is a, that's a song off of Kanye's newest album. Jesus Here we is go. King. So you, have you listened to it? 
Have you heard I it? have heard one song. Okay. Um, and it's the 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 one that's out, the one that's released right now. I've not listened with, to the album with Fred Hammond. No, there was no Fred Hammond on the song. What is the okay. name of the song? It came on my Amazon Prime radio station. Oh, um, I don't want to go through names. It's like a song. two minute song. It's not all even of a the long so- song. All of the songs are two minutes, so don't oh. be. Which is so can, I have. Wait, how many tracks are on here? I think like eight or nine. Is that know. an album? That sounds more like an EP. Let me see. It is a total of uh, oh, it's eleven. It's eleven. Mm. That total is twenty-seven minutes. Mm. Can we call that an album? Uh, you can. Technically, you can uh, call it, it a comeback. As, as long as it's more than like eight tracks, I believe it can be considered an album. Mm. I feel um, like this should be on the basis of runtime versus number of tracks. Twenty-seven so, minutes, though. I'm gonna let me quarterback this thing. Do it. That's gonna be a T-shirt. Come on, Tom um, Brady. Yeah. Oh, nice. Do you watch football? I love football. Yeah. Oh wow! Did not know that. Okay. He's supposed okay. to be my best friend, Des. I know so much I don't know. <laughs> you sounded so disappointed. You sounded so. You sounded legit disappointed. You don't even know me. You don't even know me. <laughs> you just know my first name, my government name. Right. Um, so, uh, as I did, and just by by way of announcement, I heard a lot of good positive feedback from our last episode. Mm-hmm. People really enjoyed that. They really enjoyed our discussion about miserable Gary and. Depressed Joker. So, oh, thank, if you want to hear all. us, if you want to hear us talk about the Joaquin Phoenix film, The Joker, and an article that was published in a in a local publication here in Gary, talked about our city. Well, Julia's not really born and raised from here, but it was actually kind of... a national publication. Oh, was it? oh it, sure, it sure was. It sure was. Business Insider. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. So it wasn't a post tribune or anything. It wasn't. I should give them <laughs> giving them too much credit. No. Right. It was a national publication <laughs> that talked about Gary being the most miserable city. And Julian and I talked about that extensively. Go back to the archives in Cool Kids Podcast on, you know, all of the streaming platforms and check <laughs> it out. It's a really good, really good, really good episode. So I like reviewing things. I love it. And, and uh, I am, before I kind of go into a quick, quick, quick synopsis of the album, and then we can discuss it. I, uh, I'm a Kanye fan. Uh, you know, I loved Kanye when he first came out. I think yeah. that I legit begged my mom for a Louis Vuitton book bag. And I was rocking the pink polos because it was cool. You, Kanye made You enjoyed Kanye when Ryan Fest was writing his music? I sure did. Oh. Because Kanye has, look, I think Kanye wrote his music for one album, and then after after that initial album, I think that um, Ron Fest took over, and he's had a couple of other writers since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, I'm a Kanye fan, even with the whole Trump, you know, kind of support. I, I'm able to separate artist and political views. I, I just think that's, I think you should. I think that there are a lot of good artists, actors, whatever that we all enjoy, that have their own political views that we don't know about, yet we still support, and some we do know about that we that, that I still support. So as <laughs> I say that, I had anticipation for this album because Kanye is 
um, with all intents and purposes, you know, save now as a Christian. And, and uh, so I wanted to hear his take on um, Christianity and music. And I think we heard a little bit of it from Life of Pablo with tracks like Ultra Beam Light and a few other tracks that he kind of hinted at this relationship he had with God. And of course, we can track back to Jesus Walks right. back in what, 2010? Two. Two? Oh my God, 2002? Yeah, Jesus it was Christ. before we went to college. Yeah, that was a long time. Well, you're like 10 years older than me. So. I would give it five on a good day, but... Yeah, maybe four. <laughs> more like four. Um, and so, let me, let me talk about the album, right? It's eight tracks. No, I'm sorry. It's 11 tracks, mm-hmm. totaling 27 minutes. For the past three albums, Kanye, for the past two albums, Kid See Ghost with Kid Cootie, um, and then, of course, the album he had out last year, two years ago. I forgot the name of the album. That's how much of a imprint left on me. Mm. And then a lot of the other stuff he produced for um, Tiana Taylor, Nas, Pusha T. All of his albums have been like this, less than three minute, not more than you know three minute, 50 second kind of thing. And some people like it. I don't because you, you don't really get to hear the full effort, the full essence of the of the song mm-hmm. in two or three minutes. And so that's what this album is. It's a lot of all of the tracks. I want to say maybe three minutes, maybe three minutes and thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. All of them. Um, there are some really powerful <clears throat> songs mm-hmm. on this album that don't get fleshed out because of the time frame. Um, and it's it's Kanye. It reminds you of the life of Pablo Kanye. A lot of mixing and mastering. The album, as as it relates to music, is good. You know, mm-hmm. I give it, I give it about an eight. Sonically, sonically, you know, as it was produced, a lot of the reports said that this album was rushed, and you can tell because sonically it doesn't sound like it was mastered well, or that it. it are you a fan of Game of Thrones, Juju? I only know that winter is coming. That's the only so, thing I know. So a lot of fans were pissed off with the directors and makers of Game of Thrones because the last season was super short. Oh, but I already heard about that and how right. the final episode was catastrophic it, from so a production aspect. Exactly. And it was rushed. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like this was the same kind of way. I think a lot of people were waiting on the next album from Kanye, whether it was going to be Yandi, um, which it wasn't. It was this album. And it, we kind of got slighted because it was rushed. It really wasn't mixed and mastered that well. Mm-hmm. Another thing I kind of want to talk about, and I guess maybe you and I can leave the discussion here, is just, it's just Christianity. And I think that you will like this point of view I'm going to take. Kanye West in this album has really adopted the white evangelical Christianity. And I think that a lot of black people do that when they first get saved. This is, why I, this is why I think that Kanye West is really, really safe, safe. Like, I don't think this is a, a a marketing ploy. I think he really is saved because his language sounds like somebody who just really had an encounter with Christ. Yeah. And, and if you, if anybody out there is familiar with like gospel rap, there's a rap group called One One Six. Yeah, One One Six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Lecrae. Yeah. And um, KB. Triple E. Triple E, who's really just the Christian version of T.I. Triple E is super dope, though. He's, like, my favorite out of all of those. I love me some Triple E. Um, but if you listen, if you listen to their early albums, um, 
they were very much so indoctrinated in this white evangelical Jesus. Mm. And and you can tell that a lot in black culture that happens when we first get saved before we get woke. <laughs> the latter um, albums are a lot more conscious. Exactly, yeah. exactly. They they still have they're a mixture of Christ and culture, and <laughs> and, and consciousness. I like how I did that there. Yeah, Christ, but, culture, and consciousness. The three a, C's a, of Christian rap. There's your dissertation. That's a podcast. That's a podcast. Um. So black people, when we first get saved, we of course adopt the philosophy or the theology of what we, of our perceptions, what we see. So because a lot of our black churches may preach a very heavy, um, westernized, you know, European Jesus, that's what we kind of adopt and take on. Mm. So with one one six, that was the case. What What are the As, hallmarks of? Because I grew up AME, so like, I, what are the hallmarks of white Western Jesus? So a lot of a lot of this Jesus saves and which is true. <laughs> I know most people like, think that pastor. that's not true, um, but it's it's very much from the standpoint of like we know Jesus wasn't white. No, um, and, but and I but never the, grew up thinking Jesus was white. And you and you were in an AME. Church. I grew up AME. That's that's African Methodist Episcopal, right? So that's the African is the 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 key word there. Yeah, but with the white evangelical, it's kind of keeping to the idea that this white savior is going to save these black people mm-hmm. and it's it's freedom it, a lot of the language and the verbiage comes from a place of you still sound like a slave you know what i'm saying even in liberty in christ you still sound like you're in bondage mm-hmm. looking for this white savior and do you think that a- also ties into the patriotism of americans I think that's why they continue to conflate Christianity with nationalism. Because um, there's always this push for like, oh, you need to be set free. We live in our liberty and our freedom. And I, I feel like, yes, I'm, I'm seeing exactly where you're coming from. I feel like Christianity and nationalism in the U.S. get conflated because of that whole liberty yeah. and freedom thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, good point. Definitely. I, th- I, and I agree. I do. I do think so. Even with, um, some of what he said about his statements about all of his, um, <clears throat> people that tour with him now, like, or produce on this album, like they can't, like certain, they can't, like, they have to practice abstinence, I think. And like, he was talking about just the way that Kim should conduct herself. A lot of it is very, very right wing conservative. Yeah. And it just really reminds me of like that fun- fundamental traditional red. As when I say red, I mean Republican ideology. Yeah, you know, it is. There's no room for grace, which I think Christ talks about. Of and there's no room for. We talk about Jesus Christ being radical. Yeah. But in our preaching or in our dissertation or in our thoughts and beliefs, we're the opposite of radical. We're very conservative, and we're kind of falling into that line. And so that's what I mean when I when I say European or even white evangelical um, Christianity. And even look at what Kirk Franklin has just recently announced, how he's, you know, speaking against the Dove Awards, which is owned by um, white evangelical, ran by white evangelicals, mm-hmm. these same white evangelicals that have promoted artists like Lecrae and Triple E and Kirk Franklin and Jonathan McReynolds, but who never really acknowledge the plight of African Americans. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. These are, this is what I'm saying. This is what this Kanye, although it's good, I've listened to the album at least four times, and I, I think it's a good album. I enjoy it, 
but it's very heavily inundated with this theology yeah. you know what what are your thoughts Ju? so you know i have not listened to the kanye album um but i have been following the commentary on the kanye album and such a millennial I'm such a millennial such a such a blipster such a millennial um it's really interesting people are very polarized like they're either this is it this is artistically one of the best things Kanye's ever done or they're like oh this album's trash no one has been anywhere in the middle um in terms of having an opinion on this album and so I heard you mention Yandi earlier I'd heard some buzz that Yandi was going to be dropping and someone was like who is Yandi I'm like it's clearly another Kanye persona like Yeezus like now it's Yandi like yay and Gandhi oh that totally makes sense so I'm not saying um Kanye is not saved right like I think this album raised a lot of questions for me about Kanye's personas and then like who real Kanye is or might be yeah and so you know I'm like when I think of Kanye I think Jesus walks right and so for him to be like yes I got saved not born again or rededicated my life to Christ but like I got saved so then I was like well what was Jesus walks about like what what was going on in some of his earlier music where you know he had this deferential relationship with God um, and then it kind of felt like he went through this phase of I am God um, yeah. and now he's coming full circle but this full circle for him is like no y'all don't understand I just got saved so now there's this question of verisimilitude for me, like what's true and what's not in terms of <laughs> in terms of your music. Like, is this really your narrative? If not, like whose narrative are you pulling from? Are you creating narratives? Like what's happening? Because um, we know the origins of Through the Wire. And I've yeah. always thought of Jesus Walks as complementary to Through the Wire. But you know, on Jesus Walks, was that Kanye savior or was that like another writer savior? What's going on there? Um, I'll be honest with you. I have not really been an avid Kanye listener since 808s and Heartbreak. Mm. So it's it's been a minute for me, but I've watched the evolution of his public persona and how his music aligns with whatever is happening very publicly in his life. Um, So I am going to listen to it out of curiosity. I don't think there's this other polarizing conversation of like, is it Christian? Is it not? Um, Is he saved? Is he not? I mean, he's, he's hanging out with another supposedly born again Christian, you know, the president, not my place to, say whether or not someone is saved or not um i would say that you have to look at the fruits of the spirit of the person so you know our president is always with other evangelicals and saying that he's been saved but you know the fruits of his spirit don't align with that um but again like i'm not here to judge between him and jesus (laughs) You, you, you said something interesting. I want to dig into a little yeah. bit. Um, you said 808s and heartbreaks. So 
I I got saved, saved. <laughs> Don't laugh at me, you know, because you're black, black. I got saved, got saved, saved when I was like, I think when I was a junior in high school. Okay. And I, I, I want to say that the last album, rap album I bought was The Game documentary, his very first album. And then like after that, I had like this whole encounter and I became very polarizing. Like I cut off everything that I thought was sinful or was, or was offensive to my walk wow. when I was that kid that carried his bible in high school so so fast forward you know a few years i kind of again i think i i think i was following the this traditional evangelical white evangelical kind of conservative view of christianity removing any room for like grace or just freedom you know what i'm saying that that comes in christ that paul talks about but um, would you get say family christian center you know what Actually, yes. Okay. Um, I wasn't trying just, to be funny. I, I was no, just thinking just, of like the yeah. place where it's very evangelical in Northwest Indiana. I'm like, oh, was that family Christian but center? I'm the thing that was I um the church that I left a couple of years ago before my wife and I started our church move uh, was New Hope in Gary, and I I had I was born and raised in that church, mm-hmm. but my mom was a CME Christian Christmas Mother's Day. I thought you were gonna say so, Christian Methodist Episcopalian. Got no, it. not at all. We, so we didn't have to go to church. We went to church for like holidays, but my family was heavily rooted in that church. Mm-hmm. Like my granddad and grandma, my aunt sung in the choir, and like everybody knew me. I just my mom didn't really push me to go. And so when I got saved, when I when I really began to turn my life around was that moment. I was with my dad, and my dad got me every weekend, and he played guitar, lead guitar with Family Christian Center. And for those listening, it's a, it's a mega church in Munster, mm-hmm. and like that was the day like that was the day i kind of felt something i felt you know in a non-cliche way god speak to me it was at that church though so to your point yes <laughs> which is kind of the irony in that for me is that i wasn't even like really a member there yeah. i was just kind of visiting but you know that was the day but anyway fast forward when i when i kind of decide to shake this idea of i can't do anything i have to be the 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 model christian is just the one that praise goes to church and goes to sleep like that's it when i shook when i shook that and got myself together the first album i bought was 808s and heartbreaks huh. so when you said yeah yeah that was the last God, one <laughs> no that was the last one for you and it was like my beginning it was your exodus and my <laughs> Genesis. way to wrap that up and bring it full circle um yeah i you know i don't know if this comes with getting saved early i feel like i've always been christian um you were born a I was basically born a Christian. So, you know, I grew up in a Christian household, went to church with, like, at one point, my whole family went to the same church. Um, my family's small, so that's not hard. So, you know, my cousins and I would... <laughs> we all went to the same grocery We all went to the same <laughs> church. Um, we sat in, in the front with our grandparents. Um, our parents were somewhere in the sanctuary. For whatever reason, we sat with our grandparents at church. They would dress us alike sometimes. I mean, it was a big deal. We went to Sunday school. We went to children's church. And then we went to church church. Because after a while, like, they would open the doors and let the kids come in. Maybe after um, altar call, we could come in. Or for altar call, we could come in. Because in the AME church, like, altar call is an actual altar call. Like, everyone goes to the altar to pray. Um yeah. I've noticed in other churches, it's like the pastors pray and you're at your pew. I'm like, what is this? 
Altar call. I had to preach. I preached at an AME church a couple of times. Yeah. And so they have, they're very strict on their program. Yes, so they were like, we are you know, Methodist. At the end of <laughs> at the end of your sermon, would you mind doing an altar call? I was like, sure, no problem. I do these all the time. Not the way they do no, it. No, it's so very different. It. Like everybody came to the altar. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Let me pray, pray. Right. Yeah, yeah, we pray, pray. And so um, I actually, and I went to Christian preschool. So like I was inundated with a very radical black Jesus growing up Um, because even my preschool is like pro-black and Christian Um, so I've never encountered well I won't say I've never I've been to evangelical churches um, but white evangelical Jesus never resonated with me because he wasn't the Jesus of the Bible Um, so yeah all that to say I never (laughs) really went through this phase of being like oh this is um I need to I need to throw away all of my worldly things um and only lean into like a lot of born again Christians do. Like I need to yeah, lean yeah. into holiness. I feel yeah. like I've always just kind of been in the world, you know, the cliche in the world, but not of the world. Like even the secular music I was allowed to listen to growing up was very minimal and definitely clean. And so, well, cleaner than what's out there now. And so when I became older and could choose for myself, like, I can't listen to R. Kelly. I've never been able to listen to R. Kelly. I remember going on a road trip in high school, and my friend played R. Kelly. She's actually going to be the friend who comes on the Best Friend episode. And the <laughs> and the friend who's listening right now, hey, Best Friend. Hey, Best Friend. Um, (laughs) was like deeply into R. Kelly and I think like 12 Play was on and so none of those messages really resonated with me um, because it's not stuff that I was you know really like the message didn't resonate with me because it's not something that I was allowed to listen to growing up and I think when I started to choose for myself I chose things that were not aligned with what my peers were really into maybe except for I think I told you I was deeply into west coast hip-hop I don't know how that happened in elementary school but I might have been sneaking around with my friends listening to explicit content but uh (laughs) and probably not fully understanding what was being said just really probably like like the rhythm and the cadence of the rappers but um yeah, because I hear those songs as an adult, and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I listened to that. Um, but I didn't have this line of demarcation where it's like, yeah. this was my life before Christ, and this is gotcha. my life once I got saved. So I think it's I very think interesting. To, I think it speaks to your upbringing in the AME church. And so for those listening, who you're not familiar with these terms, go look them up, please. Because um, <laughs> well, Any terms it, in particular? <laughs> I mean, AME... Um, that was mainly it. (laughs) African African Methodist Episcopalian. It's basically the off split of the Methodist church and slavery. So slaves were brought to quote unquote, know the Lord, but weren't allowed to worship with white people. So um, Richard Allen's one of the founders of the AME church. And sometimes I feel like AME's worship Richard Allen more than Jesus. I'm going to get some backlash on that one. That's okay, but it's true. Um, we have we whole should, holidays for Richard Allen. We should we should do a podcast. <laughs> we should do a podcast on like religions. Um, yeah, because it's striking up. 
Yeah, it would. Because I agree. Like some certain denominations will worship the founder or the organizer, you know, like Yes. I was really into um um when I first when I um what am I trying to say? When I first like was trying to shake this whole European Western idea of Christianity, I was really digging to um, Martin Luther. Not Luther King. Martin Luther, ninety five theses. Martin Luther. Martin Luther. Yes, man. <laughs> um, he like blew my mind and just what he was writing about yeah. in his time. And I think that some people can worship him, you know, or even those that came after him more than the the Christ that he was talking about. But his theology was like so. It was progressive for the time. It for exactly <laughs> it was so progressive for the time. And you're talking about a time where priests were collecting money from the people to like get them to heaven. Like, do you want to go to heaven? They <laughs> bring this money. Yeah. And the church ruled the the day that, you know, it, which is pretty much still the case now. But, but this was the birth I, of white Jesus because the Europeans well, had the press, right? Like Gutenberg yeah, yeah, had the yeah, press. Yeah, and so yeah, they started yeah. printing the Bible. But this also where, I guess, Christianity became a lay religion. So... You know, before it's like you had to take my word for it. There was no written word. But then the idea of literacy, like how many European peasants were literate. So then it's like, I'm going to tell you what it says. (laughs) You you don't know, but I'm going to tell you. But then the depictions of who um, Christ and disciples and the imagery of God yep. was just very much centered in, in whiteness because of the printing press. We used to, and I, I think that everybody does this, that when you pray or, I don't know, when you're talking to somebody for the first time on the phone, mm-hmm. you know, like you envision, you make up in your mind what they look like based on your past experiences. Mm-hmm. So for for example, if I never would have met juju Mm -hmm. based on based on who we know what i gathered about juju's personality i would frame in my mind what she looks Mm -hmm. like as i'm speaking with her have you ever done yes so like in prayer i think that we did that i think we do it now yeah but back then you know maybe 10 years ago when i did it i would envision this white savior or this white god Mm -hmm. and that like you said it's because of what was presented to Mm -hmm. us and like i always believed based like logically and historically and geographically like Christ could not be white Mm-mm. he could not be European right Mm-mm. but then <laughs> it's what was it's what was in the movies it's what was on TV it's what was like the pictures like my grandmother for whatever reason is black as black can be she's from the south and she makes ham hocks like you and pigs now you can't get black at nah, that's, that's, that's black black black, black. black. Black, 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 black. But she had the the white Jesus picture, like in the in the kitchen. And I'm, I'm thinking back, like, why in the hell did she have that picture? <laughs> but I think it Who's just this passed, white man? who is white Jesus? Like white Jesus. I think it just kind of got passed down along with the stories. And then once the print press came into play, already though the image was kind of embedded in our heads, especially those African Americans, those black people, those slaves, yeah. of what this Jesus looked like. And so now. You're preaching. And I think this is one of the other of the things that really angers me about Christianity today and black Christianity is that we still, even outside of our doctrine, our verbiage and our speech is still looking for this white person to come save us. You know what I mean? This white savior. 
I, I think, and I think that carries over. Know what you mean, and but I also think like I think black millennials are in this this place, and I I don't have a particular feeling about it, but like we're becoming more spiritual than religious, um, yeah. and so a lot of black millennials have left the faith. They're looking for religions that they feel are rooted in liberation or are closer to having origins in Africa. So whether that's like practicing indigenous spirituality, um, becoming a Muslim, becoming a Hebrew Israelite, like a lot of black millennials are parting ways with Christianity. You all right over there? You good? You okay? Okay. Yeah, uh, did, did you yeah. hear me? <laughs> yeah, 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 it's all good. I, I blew my nose. I took the headphones down and walked away. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> it's, I have a huge nose. <laughs> and so the question becomes like, what are they, are they really looking for some type of separation from a white ideology of a white savior when they start to practice indigenous religions or become Muslims or Hebrew Israelites? Like they're they're looking for this connection to the perception of blackness. Yeah. Um it's yeah, there's just a lot happening with black millennials and their faith and their spirituality. But, so do you think let's dig into this a little bit. I like this conversation. Um so Christianity, and I I thought when I say us, because I'm a clergyman, I'm a preacher, pastor, priest, whatever. <laughs> I fall into that category. So I'm you gonna got say a collar. Us. I got a collar. <laughs> and a calling. A calling. A um, calling. We have not done the best job or we have not simply put justified or explained who Christ is in the right context. We perpetrated and continued this idea of not acknowledging or leaning into the fact that the origins of the Bible and Adam and Eve for like Africa, if we look at Genesis and Moses and all of these characters, David, even the locale, like it was in Egypt, my nigga, this is Africa. And even like, as you look in Exodus, like this is all Africa. And so you never really hear or see or read. Like my nigga, this is all like Jerusalem. Like this is, you never hear of like, Jesus stepping into Europe. Like, that doesn't happen. That's not a thing. Like, even in the New Testament... They go to Greece in lot, the New Testament. They, exactly. So, in the New Testament, they dibble and dabble in Greece. But, but Greece is a nice boat ride from Africa. So I didn't know that, but thank you for yeah, that. Greece um, and Italy so a, are right across the Mediterranean Sea, so... The night, a night's boat They're ride. both a night's boat the way ride. You, the way you broke that down. Like, you sound like <laughs> A slave riding with Harriet Tubman. How long it take us to it's get a to, nice it's a nice boat, boat ride. ride? That's it. <laughs> but so they went to they went to Greece, right? Yeah. I believe to just further the gospel. But you never saw them like really taking ownership of that place. And so we have we as Christ as as leaders in the church or preachers or whatever, those that vocally proclaim the gospel and teach people. Like, we haven't talked about these things. And so you have millennials like us who come up wanting to know the truth, but our elders or the people that have been teaching us can't give us the truth because they don't know it. All they know is what they've been taught yeah. and what they've been told, yeah. which does not make sense. It does not and make you, sense. You begin to 
question it, and now you have people who are millennials who, who like you said, are leaving the faith. Yeah. But the truth is, our faith is rooted in African descent. It's just that's not taught. And so when you teach that, though, from our standpoint, you become like a heretic. You become like crazy and out there. You're not progressive. All, like, how could you still believe in Jesus? Like, it it becomes it, it it becomes way too much. It's almost like you're antiquated if you're still black over thirty and Christian. It's like you're not woke crazy. yet. You don't wake up to this. Like, this is this is the theology that enslaved our people. I mean, I get it. I totally get it. Like Christianity was used as a tool in slavery to keep slaves in their place. I totally get it. 100%. And (laughs) I also am, my orientation to my faith is not religion. It is relationship. Ooh, such a millennial statement. And so if it is relationship, that means, and not to sound all oogie boogie and spiritual, but that means I've had an encounter with Christ, right? Like there is, my faith is my own. It is not something that has been passed down to me. I have had, I've entertained atheism. I've studied other religions and I continually come back to Christ um, and not out of superstition, like I've just had encounters with Christ and my faith is my own. And so it would be inauthentic for me to pursue other religions um, or not having one. I tried that. That would, I felt empty. I tried six months. I was like, nope, I'm just not going to believe in God. Like I'm going to lean into logic and my rational mind and so uh, it was like the keto diet. Didn't it, work did not, six months. it did not work for me. <laughs> Tried it, canceled the subscription. Don't like it. Um, I need some blood. I need some blood in my life. I have <laughs> the blood never of Jesus. felt like such an empty vessel than I did for those six months. Like never, I felt completely cut off from the universe. It was terrifying. Utterly. Terrifying. I really want to. I really want to dig into that more, but for sake of Yeah, we're not going to dig into that. But just know that, like, being a Black millennial um, who still identifies as a Christian is a challenge, just given Mm -hmm. where our people are in their consciousness, their politics, and thusly their theology. They're all related. They're all interdependent within your identity. Um, I think that's a great place to end that segment. Great job, Julian. Uh, I'm gonna put, put if I remember, I'm gonna put like some sound effects of hands clapping right here. <laughs> good, I'm just, I'm good just, day. I'm just gonna do it now. I'm just gonna good do day. it now so I don't forget. So let's excuse right, me, let's um, transition let's go. into our next. Where are we going? I don't give a. <clears throat> I know. I'm so ready. That was a good conversation, though. Oh, we have some good conversation. We do. It's like chatting with um, us. My wife listened the other day. She's been listening. She's been like sneak listening. She don't want hey, Adrian. But she was like, you know, you and Julian have a really good podcast. I was like, thanks, babe. I appreciate that. Oh, my God. You two are so cute, um, by the way. If y'all uh, haven't seen pictures of them, they are like the epitome of chocolate love. It's adorable. We do. Yeah. We do. We do love yeah. each other. She's good. She's, she's good. She's amazing. Great. Um, 
segue into our <laughs> next segment. Can I say it? Should I say it? Um, no. Flux. There you go. Is this like an ongoing new segment or just for today? Because I feel like this should be something we do. I'm like totally into this being a new segment that happens. So we're going to take note of that. Um, take note of that, Juju. Would you mind? I'm taking note taking too. Note. I'm taking note too. I'm taking note on my napkin, which is probably going to get thrown away. Oh, ideas on the back of a napkin. That's <sighs> where the big ones happen. That's a, that's a podcast name. Is it really? <laughs> ideas on the back of a napkin. It should be. It sounds cool. I'm here for or it. Or a book. Um, so we have a new section, <laughs> guys, called No Flux. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and you're always yeah, uh, going to say it because I'll mess up and say the real thing. I know, no flux given. <laughs> so Ju- Juju and I kind of just talk about what we don't give two Fs about. Like, we don't care. What we're doing that we just don't care. Juju, I haven't thought about mine yet. I have several, but I want, I want you to go first, because ladies first. Or is that too, is that, is that too like, misogynistic to say ladies first? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> ladies, ladies at the same time. <laughs> ladies equally advancing forward. Um, yeah, so I have been reflecting on my week and I was like, yo, what, what am I just not giving up about? Um, and yo, it's the time of the year where... Did you say yo? And you say, I love you. Hey, yo. yo. You never said that. Yo. What? You really don't give me that. <laughs> so you know I'm steeped in it right now. Let's go. Yo, the holidays are coming up. And if you're over 30 and you're unmarried, you're going to have a lot of uncomfortable conversations with your family that your family's going to start. They're going to be like, so you're over 30 and you're not married. What's going on? Wait, ju- just for um, clarity's mm-hmm. sake, well, kind of for me, because I forgot. Uh, do you mind saying how old you are? Oh, I do not mind saying how old I am. I am... 34 and 11 twelfths. Yeah. I thought you were 33. No, my Jesus year was last year. Uh, That's why we made so many monumental changes. You got to shake it up. Jesus year. Did you walk on any water? Did you walk on any water? Nah, nah, I didn't walk walk on water. water. Not literally, maybe theoretically. (laughs) You ain't Jesus. No, no, no. You Peter. All right, go ahead, go on fire. I'm not, I'm not faithless. Um, but... Oh, no. We've been those six months. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I came back. Um, but, you know, when you're younger, you care, right? Like, you show up and you get all these questions and you, and you just care deeply. And sometimes you're hurt because people start to question who you are at your core, um, and sometimes their commentary about why you're not married can leave you in in this place of feeling like a failure um, and that your life does not have meaning. But I will tell you this, going into this holiday season, Go into going it. into it, come on, sis. if my family brings it up, I don't I'm not going to nick out. I don't care. Like, I'm literally at a place where I just, like, I don't care about their opinion about my lack of desire for marriage. Like, I just, I don't care. I don't care. I've chosen for myself that a life of singleness is a life of happiness. I 
feel like I've been called to, maybe I didn't choose for myself. Maybe I've been called to singleness. That's another like Christianese where they're like, you know, yeah, the yeah. Lord has decided that you'll be single nah. and live nah, for the kingdom. You just, you just ugly. No, not you, but not it's this as a general statement, not you. But like because you're cute, you're cute as a puppy. But for for general people, it'd be like the Lord called me not to marry. No, nigga, you just like overweight and you got bad acne, and I'm like your breast thing. Well, I feel like my hygiene's on point. Um, I'm not yeah. Tyra Banks, I, I but know. I'm also not a troll. Tyra Banks ain't Tyra Banks no more. Well, you know that happens. But yeah, like I just I'm going into this holiday season not really caring about people's opinions on my choice of pursuing singleness over marriage. Good for you. Good what for are you thinking about? Oh, about your thought? Oh, about no, your... like, what are you, like, not, I should oh, say, so, what are you not thinking about? What do you not care about? So, this mind might get kind of serious. Uh-oh. Dun, 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 dun. So, the past week has been kind of, like, tumultuous. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't know if I want to say that, but in kind of rocky in our relationship. Um, not me and you, my wife. So, like, full transparent moment, I, um, I've cheated on my wife, and I think I've made that clear mm-hmm. to the podcast audience and some of our close friends know. But there are, like, several interactions with people that my wife didn't know about. And so I kind of had this idea for the past five years mm-hmm. um, in the midst of all of that that I would take all of that to the grave with me. I think only one other person knew uh, about those things, and then of course my wife didn't. You know, it was just me mm-hmm. and Jesus. Then Jesus that knew, and I was okay with that. But talking with somebody, he was expressing to me some like things going on in his relationship, and I was like trying to minister to mm-hmm. him. And I was like, and you ministered I, to yourself in the process. I couldn't like honestly, truthfully, it wasn't from a place of truth mm-hmm. because I was like, man, I'm I'm hiding this thing, and so. My thing was I don't give a I don't give a fluck about living I don't give a fluck about how people look at me when I tell my truth. No. And I'm I'm just gonna live in my truth. And a, a part of that, living in my truth and embracing my truth. And I've been on this whole therapeutic vein for the past year and really getting to know myself, uncovering layers and unlocking some deep, deep things. And one of those that I kinda had to come to uh, come to Jesus meeting with myself about was telling my wife about those secrets mm-hmm. and, and in the beginning for like the first three days man she shut me off and I, I didn't know if she was going to leave or stay it was like that bad wow. but she really she really turned around and like we've been able to have some healthy dialogue mm-hmm. from it and I think that this has been like the strongest point and maybe the best period of our marriage ever and like we're really enjoying each other more it's kind of like those Walls have been torn down mm-hmm. that were imagined, like were figurative, figurative, figurative. I can't say figuratively. The word. figuratively. There mm-hmm. we go, figuratively there. Um, but when I went into me coaching myself to tell her these things, I knew she would be upset about and be mad about. Yeah. I was like, I don't care if she's mad. And that may sound selfish, but the inner turmoil I was having of not being at peace because I was keeping these secrets. It was getting too much to bear. And I, I said, I, I want to, I don't give two flux about protecting myself anymore. Yeah. I'm just going to let, I'm just going to let it out. So that's kind of where I am, just living in truth. And I'm in a place of telling the truth in every scenario to every person. So anybody listening, if you come across me and you ask me 
I'm going to tell you. Like, even if you don't ask me, hell, I don't know. You just may get truth on a Tuesday. It's truthful Tuesday. <laughs> and I just may feel like telling Thematic you. Thematic truth really telling days. Because I think the truth, the Bible says it, but I think it's a very practical lesson. The truth will make you free. Yeah. It may not always give you the results you want, but it will make you free. Yeah. And I feel a lot freer. So real good. So for the, the hoes listening, you ain't got an opportunity. Dang, yeah, shut we, the hoes down. We, we good, B. It's like the best ever, but uh, I feel free. You know what I'm saying? So I'm that's kind of what I've been thinking about. do know what you're saying. Like, that's how I feel about just telling people, like, let's stop the marriage conversation. Right? Because yeah. it, it feels like you're trapped in someone else's um, paradigm. Oh, excuse me. Paradigm yeah. for how you should be living your life and what you should value and what you yep. should be pursuing. And yep. people deciding for you that, like, your life only has so much worth, value, or meaning if you do not comply with the societal norms and standards. And yep. so it is liberating to be like, this is my truth. Cause you feel like you're hiding. Cause you got to lie. And even like societal norms for, you know, getting married. But I think in black culture, the societal norm is like, you can have this side thing and like keep it a secret. And it's oh, okay. Yeah. Because I, and like breaking free of that <clears throat> is like super liberating. Like, no, I'm gonna be a good husband. Like, I haven't done anything like indiscretionary in a while. Yeah. But the fact that a part of me saying I want to be the husband that she deserves, I want to be a good husband, is telling this truth. That's revolutionary break, for, um, break, for right, our people. Breaking, <laughs> break, it is. Like, it, it is. is. And like, it's not a light thing, but it kind of it's not that big of a deal, but it it's kinda, a huge deal. It's, it's breaking that norm. Like, no, you don't have to perpetuate, you know, this idea or continue this idea that black men can have like a whole side thing going on. Or even if you haven't had it in a while, just kind of keep that under the rug and just keep, you know, doing you like, no, like, that's not right. Yeah. You know, so black men don't truth, cheat. Yeah, we shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> White men know <laughs> they don't cheat. I don't know. And white men just kill you. <laughs> They're like, I'm ready for this to be over with. I know I got an insurance policy. Let's go. JK, I'm don't, black, I'm don't come for me, white people. It was a joke. It was a joke that was rooted yeah, we in. We have a we have a lot of white people that from listen the news. to our podcast. I know I a lot of my I white friends listen. Hey, white friends. Oh, what are some of their names? Let's let's call them out. Let's shout them out. Uh, uh-uh, uh, because that could go left real fast. I only what? That. <laughs> Here's what I learned from going um, to a predominantly white high school. White people usually go by their last name because their first names are very similar. Whereas our last names are all the same because of slavery and our first names are very exotic. Taquisha. Right. There's only going to be a couple Taquishas, but there might be eight. Julians? No. <laughs> See what you did there. <laughs> I, did, I just wanted to do that. <laughs> I'm so petty. There might be like eight Lindsay's or Sarah's. And so you just go by last names. I can't be like, hey, Sarah. Because I could be referring to a ton of people, um, so but yeah, so they know who they are. Thank you, thank you, friends. Thanks, friends. Thank, thank you, we, thank you, rainbow assortment of friends. 
thanks, cast of The Office. We appreciate you. Cast of The <laughs> um, Office. Which is my favorite Ooh, TV show. Speaking uh, of which, just discovered Jack, uh, shoot, what's the name of it? Ryan? Yes! Jack Ryan? Ben's watch season one last night. Is it good? Yeah. It's really good. I like him. I forgot his name. John Curzon. John Curzon. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's cute. He's cool. I want to see him in more stuff. It's kind of hard making that switch from you're a comedic actor know, right? to, oh, oh, this is a know, thriller. Right? Yeah. This is serious. That's serious. Uh, um, which is a great segue. No, it's not actually a terrible segue. <laughs> but we have so we have something coming up. We do. <laughs> it is so a listen, great segue, everything actually. is everything is tentative. I made the call. This is like okay, so switching to business. Uh did make that call, Juju, and I'm waiting on a confirmation from the location. Uh, secret locale. Uh, it's gonna be a can't tell you. Um, but if you enjoy listening to the podcast um, through your earbuds your voice, and in your car. Why did your voice get all sensual? Why did your voice just get all sensual? I wasn't intentional. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I was talking and my stomach kind of growled at the same time. So it just kind of worked She's out. hungry. I'm hungry. It's that time. Um... Imagine being able to experience <laughs> this in person. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, oh, so we're not gonna say the actual announcement? No, you're gonna say it. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, oh, imagine experiencing this in person. It sounds like a, a prostitution ring or something. Ah! <laughs> oh. You like this call? You want to experience this in person? <laughs> Hey, yo, for those listening, Cool Kids Podcast is doing a live podcast ooh, in ooh. December. December. We're coming We're coming to a city near you. Well, technically one city. We're coming to Gary <laughs> because Juju is going to be here That's for the holiday. And uh, we're going to do a live recording. That's right. Um, yeah, so we're working out all of the logistics. The tentative date is December 1st, which is a Sunday. Um, by the time this podcast rolls out, you'll it'll be like the early parts of November still. So like sometime this week, yeah. the next day or so. Um, if you're interested and you want to attend, we're making this very intimate because we know everybody loves us. And people will love to come. We don't want to have a whole lot of people. <laughs> but we want to oh, make it super we're intimate. We're introverts, JK. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I actually am an introvert. Are you really? Though. Me too. Okay, yeah. so that's not a lie. We're introverts and we don't want to be surrounded yeah, by hundreds of, of screaming fans. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Jojo. <laughs> oh, I got you crying. Why are you crying? Who threw their boxers on stage? No. Um, so if you are interested to come, it's going to be a ticketed event, but tickets are like $5. Yeah, and all the proceeds go to charity. We go to charity. Yeah. So, um, Please, if you want to come, um, I don't know, send us an email, right? I'm or, sure we'll set up like an event, right? <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> at, at minimum, a Google form. <laughs> the, at minimum, at the bare it's minimum. It's a Google form a Google with a form. PayPal link. Thanks. <laughs> and um, and come. It's going to be December 1st again. This is our first live yeah. one. Yeah, wear your Sunday's you know, best. Or come as you please are. Please don't. Please don't wear some <laughs> I will. I will escort you out of the door because so we're going to be in now. our uh, cool kids swag, which will cool, drop cool shortly swag. before the event. Boom! Booyaka, okay. booyaka. That's the third it's time gonna I've be nice, to man. my roots on this podcast. <laughs> bop, bop, bop. 
we're, we're glad you know your roots because you're black. I got black. flavor. Um, based on the test. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was that. Keep looking out for that. We're excited. Yes. It's going to be Gary. And depending on the success, we may take this thing on the road. Maybe DC will be next, you know? Hey, Philly. You know? Uh, well, H-Town. I'll be in Philly. I'll actually be in Philly in January. That's a great time of year to come to Philly. I mean, I, cause so my wife and I, she's going for work and I'm going to, you know, thank God that, you know, she can take a spouse with you. So oh, I'm going to go to work vacation. Love it. So I was like, you think I should go see Juju? She was like, yeah. And I was like, how far is Philly from DC? She was like, four hours? I was like, oh. It's actually two hours. <laughs> oh, that changes everything. <laughs> because that extra two hours, money. And you can even <laughs> get on the Amtrak and it's even faster. Yeah, then that's people. That's surrounded by people. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Are you going to drive? You drive? Uh, as long as you don't leave when it's traffic, you know what I mean? I like to drive. I like to drive so I can put my podcast on. And listen and to yourself talk. I actually have been listening to our podcast more and more. Not to hear myself, but like it's actually good. <laughs> <laughs> I actually enjoyed the podcast, which is weird. No, it's cool. Um, that's it. Um, so if you got anything else to do? That's it. Other than signing off, which I'm not allowed to do anymore. Even though yeah, earlier you- in the podcast you said on everywhere your media streams or something similar no, to that. I said... I said on all streaming platforms. The scene, which is not true. Oh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> are we on title okay. yet? You had your meeting with Who, Jay-Z? Are you the streaming police? No, I didn't <laughs> have my meeting with Jay-Z. He's too busy having Halloween parties with Lil Nas X and other celebrities. All right, Old Town Road. He posted a really cool picture with him. He was dressed like John Travolta from Pulp Fiction. And Lil Nas X was dressed as Cameron from, um, what movie was that? I forgot what Did movie. you say Cameron, like the rapper? Yeah, he, yeah, he was dressed like Cameron. He had on like all pink. Oh, that pink furry cool. outfit with the pink Kangol? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was super cool. All right. I, I really wanted to be at that party just because it looked like it was so lit. Um, Gen Z is doing it up. Yes, he, he is. All right, guys. We thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. As always, go to the archives, check out past podcast rate us you know leave a comment if you enjoy it come see I know us you if do. you enjoy it please come see us rate us that helps a lot and then be looking out for more details about the december 1st live podcast inch, recording inch, 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 it's inch. cool kids and friends cool kids with the best friends what's the name of it this my best friend cool kids this is my best mm-hmm. friend it's featuring Featuring two good friends of ours, and we're just gonna have conversations and shoot the shit. Uh, <laughs> and what was, gonna be a good, what was that? Uh, it's gonna be a cool podcast. Um, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else that podcasts are available, except for Title because Sean, Sean Carter is tripping. All right, I'm Des. I am Juju, and Jesus is King. Hey, turn up. Route.